Hello and welcome to England Cricket on 99.94. Cricket every day. I'm Daniel Norcross from TMS, BBC TMS, BT and all the other outlets. You know all about that by now, including Zero Ducks Given. And uh, joining me as ever is the Chief Cricket Writer of the Press Association, the mighty of pastry hangman himself, Rory Dollard. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, the uh, this World Cup is well on its way now, isn't it? And it's on its feet. It really is. And we have got a packed programme for you tonight, as the two Ronnies would have said, because we've got a couple of games to look back at, very contrasting matches, but they have interesting themes attached to them. And we've got a game to look forward to. Uh, almost, is it must win? It feels like it might be must win, not mathematically must win, but almost certainly is must win. We're going to try and get through all of that in the best part of half an hour or so. England Cricket on 99.94 is your new home for England Cricket content and we will be dropping into your podcast feed and on YouTube or the 99.94 app several times every day. So please rate, review and subscribe. Also, if you get a chance, go and check out the Mitch Johnson Show where the former Aussie Quick talks about his life and cricket. You can find it where you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. Well, Rory, it's hard to know precisely where to start because we're doing this in the immediate aftermath of, is it a shock, a surprise loss, perhaps, by England to Ireland? But I think the runes were there. If we really pick through the bones of how England played against Afghanistan and indeed how they were blindsided by the loss of Reese Topley in the start of this tournament, we see where confusion has reigned. And as we all know in T20 cricket, you need to know exactly what it is you're doing. You need to have an absolutely spot-on game plan. And I, I want to start, I know it's miles away, and you said to me on WhatsApp, you were quite right to say so, it was miles away in competition terms, the Afghanistan game. But there were a couple of things in that game that I think led to the way England played against Ireland. And I'm going to start with the bowling, and specifically the use of Mark Wood and the excitement England had have over Mark Wood. They see him as this the point of their spear really and an attacking option and against the Afghans in fairness they were not up to his pace they weren't up actually to the pace of all of England's attack and I think that England thought that the same was going to be true of Ireland and they came a bit unstuck because they adopted an approach not dissimilar to the one they did against Afghanistan in the first six overs against Ireland in a game that was uh, not always going to be what was predicted was going to be affected by rain. So at that moment, runs become exceptionally precious. And it, let's just look at how Butler used his bowling attack. Is, is that That's what it screamed to me at any rate. Well, I think you're right to highlight Topley as an issue because I think Topley's absence forces England to uh, quite short notice redesign the power play. And that's that's not where you want to be on the eave of a tournament is is tossing tossing up your plans and, and working out what you want to do in the first six overs of a match. So it does feel like there's been a change. For me, and probably I'd, I'd suggest the numbers probably sit, sit, sit it out, but Wood looks best through the middle, not in the power players. Like that was how he looked like he was going to be used by England was bringing that pace with probably a little bit more coverage. And, and that's not just defensive. That's not people stopping the boundaries off his bowling. That's catching. Like when, when Wood is bowling as quickly as he's bowling, 
batters are trying to in T in T twenty cricket, batters are trying to get bat on ball and, and fling at it. And the ball's going high. And it felt like he was at his most dangerous when if he was allowed to bowl through the middle. Now, as it stands, England have used him right at the top because Reese Topley is not around. And it I'm not hundred percent certain that's the best use of him, and it certainly wasn't against Ireland. Now, whether England have better options at the top, I don't know. Ben Stokes has done nicely and he's sort of he's hustled and over in at the start. But it's it does feel like England's bowling plans, and albeit, you know, it seems unfair to I don't know, it seems very cricket, very English cricket to go for the to go for the bowlers first off when they bowled Afghanistan out cheaply and then really rallied and and probably had Ireland under par. But it does feel like they haven't quite settled settled that. And with Australia coming up, it, it needs sorted out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think actually against Australia, it'll be a very different approach. And and this is sort of what I mean, is in that the way that they went after Afghanistan, it reminds me a little bit of the way the test team have gone after Indian tail-enders. Well, all tail-enders, actually. This essentially rough-em-up tactic. And what they found against Afghanistan, because they didn't bowl wood as much in the power play, they bowled, bit of Curran, they bowled more Stokes in the power play. And they bowled Wokes, because Wokes has been a wicket taker in white ball cricket when the ball is new. And that's been a great discovery for them. Now, when they went hard at the Irish in that power play, they went hard with short pitch bowling. You could see the difference in length of the Irish bowl and the, and the difference in length of the English bowl. The English went 58% short, the Irish went sort of 23% short. They got a bowler in Josh Little who quite likes to go short as well. That's, that's his basic game plan. I thought they read the conditions better and they also read the, the DLS better because rain was swirling around Melbourne. It was one of those things where it could have been if Ireland had got 61 for one after six and then the game had been uh, rained, rain affected and England had to go back out and they were only going to get five or six overs. They could have needed 80 to win. So it was really an odd decision to go hard so early. And I think that it was produced by the way they saw pace unnerve the Afghans. And so I thought that was kind of a mistake. The Irish stuck to very basic lengths, the same lengths that they've been using throughout the tournament. And yeah, we'll come on to the batting in, in the next part. But it, the tactics of what England did and the tactics of actually what they did against Afghanistan with the bat, it seemed to me was slightly, everything was slightly the wrong way round. You know, having actually done Afghanistan for 112, 113, and having seen what had happened with New Zealand and Australia, there was an incredible opportunity there with a long batting. So if you don't have Topley, there's an advantage, isn't there? The advantage of not having Topley is that you bat down to nine and Adil Rashid is 10. So, and properly bat down to nine with Wokes at nine. So you really can go hard at 130 and try and win that in 13, 14 overs. And go for the run rate because looking at how this group is shaping up, England had a massive opportunity to make themselves a win and a half because if you if your run rate is really, really good, you've got a win and a half because it's not a 10-game league. It's a The games are so short that your run rate can be the decider and England lost out on a chance to, to really have that, that number settled up for them. Was it a surprise, uh, Dan, that England rolled out Walks and Wood again rather than... Now, it was presented as taking Ireland seriously and respectfully and picking their best 11. 
But with the way those two guys have been managing their bodies and managing their recovery from injury, to roll them through the first two games, knowing the next game is just one day's rest away, felt like it felt like that was the opportunity to 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 freshen it up. Because now the question is, if that really, really, really is your best eleven and you're absolutely confident in it, you better be sure that they're ready and fresh and at a hundred percent, not even ninety. Yeah, I mean that that is a significant concern. And, and granted, the number of overs that are being asked to be bold of these bowlers, and when they have bowled, you know, Woods getting paces up to ninety-seven miles an hour. So, I I would like to think that after four overs of bowling, uh, an average of ninety miles an hour, and a day off, he could bowl another four overs of that. But we know that T Twenty cricket is more is more than just the four overs you bowl. It's charging around and, the and field, they, and, and they it's have uh, been the intensity of the game in Pakistan and in the Australia yeah. series. And, and, you know, they're both guys, and it can't be overlooked, they're both guys who missed the entire summer. They missed six months apiece. And when Wood came back, his first game, he said just being on the international stage wiped him out. He, hadn't, he wasn't used to it. He played for Ashington. The last game of cricket he'd played was Ashington. So we can't overlook that because, um, I don't know, they, was, they were careful enough about their rehab into the team. And that rehab in the team was about 10 days ago. So we're not we're not far away. Oh uh, well, I, I, yeah, I totally get that, but I would argue that they would they didn't bowl like people who weren't able to bowl the balls that needed to be bowled. They bowled like people who were bowling to a particular plan, and the plan was wrong. You know, Woods Wood and Wokes' numbers were up in terms of pace. It was where they were bowling was was the issue, and it seemed to me that England hunted wickets in that first six overs. You know. And they were exactly the right tactic to Paul Sterling. Yeah, that's how you're going to get him out. Extreme pace. They had a fine deep third. Sam Curran nearly took the catch. What a difference that makes, by the way. Foot on the boundary sponge. Just tiny bit of toe, which, you know, cost five runs. Which is an interesting number, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? And, you know, and had, had the ball been... Uh, go a meter less far it would have been out and it would have been a bit of a different story potentially so they had the right plan to Sterling but having got Sterling out I felt that they were so delighted at having got the main man out that they went so hard at Law Tucker who is a decent batter I mean I saw him against the West Indies when they hunted down 150 for one I know West Indies have been woeful in this tournament I grant you that but they're still proper professional cricketers Law Tucker didn't do it He's not going to get completely phased and they were always going to back away and fling the bats and go over the infield and England let them do that. And I wondered if there was a bit more, you know, a bit more defensive bowling that was required, maybe a bit more Stokes and a bit more current in that power play. Yeah, I think it was, it was amusing. It was Tucker, wasn't it, who was victim of a run out at the non-striker's end, but not that kind of run out at the non-striker's mm. end. Because we know cricket's yeah, a silly fair. enough game. Cricket's <laughs> a silly cricket is a silly enough game that we've got two weeks of of um, acrimony over the the run out of the Charlie Dean, and a different type of run out of the non-striker's end is just absolutely fine. <laughs> Josh Butler wasn't calling him back. Put it that way. <laughs> He certainly wasn't. Uh, uh, but yes, listen, Sam Curran, you, you, you were exactly right, by the way. You you were right on top of Sam Curran a few weeks ago, thinking he absolutely had to be in this team, and I was a bit dubious. And geez, he has really, really muscled his way through to, to 
to impact and, and affect the game every time. He's done really, really well. He has. Uh, we're going to take a short break. After that, we're going to talk in a bit more depth about England's batting approach. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. Welcome back. Um, now, we looked at the bowlers because we went straight hard at them because that's what you do. You go hard at the bowlers when uh, when you lose and because that's, that's how cricket works. Um, but the batting display against Ireland and the batting display against Afghanistan has lacked a certain amount of dominance, to say the least. And there are a bunch of things I want to throw into this mix here. I don't know where to... Well, I, I do sort of know where to start. I'm going to start with with multiple topics. <laughs> Milan and Stokes at three and four. Milan and Stokes at three and four has always been a concern for me. Again, tactically, when you've got rain in the air, was that the right move if you bat deep and you have a bunch of hitters? Might you not have changed that batting order? Although I grant you, two quick wickets makes it a little bit more difficult, which is what happened. Harry Brook. Looked fantastic in Pakistan. Australian conditions. Hasn't quite mastered them. He's had quite a few opportunities now. Played against Australia a few times. He's had a couple of outings in the World Cup. And all the time, his timing has just not been there in the way it was um, previously. And Moeen Ali, who is actually absolutely smacking it out of the park. He's going in at seven. Arigna missing a trick. I've thrown a whole load of things at you there, but it, I just thought it was such a strange thing to watch today as at the time of recording. England going so hard when chasing 158, when Duckworth Lewis would tell you that with rain around at any point, if you were 42 for none after six, you've won the game. You know? But wickets were flying. They were going, going to all parts. Secondly, when things are going a bit awkward... What, why aren't they absolutely hammering Duckworth Lewis at this point, knowing what it is they've got in batting depth? And the Harry Brook thing, I'll leave to the end because it's it's speculation. It's just an observation from watching him since he's been in Australia. Yeah, I, I would be willing to leave Harry Brook out of it just for now because I think the problem that do exist are a little bit higher. I think, I mean, <laughs> you started with about four of the top six as your sort of priority. I'd like to throw in Alex Hales actually because I don't know that I don't know if that big call has come come good. Big big call to bring Alex Hales back um, out of the wilderness, sort of push the next generation down a step because they wanted someone with experience, and he hasn't justified that. I don't think, least of all in the tournament. But I think, I think if you were to say if you'd have said to me at the start of this or made a prediction at one of these podcasts and you said. England's first two games are going to be against Afghanistan and Ireland are going to qualify and then the next game is against Ireland. And you were to tell me they would come out of that doubleheader with two sixes. It would be very, very hard to believe that because the way they were going, the whole, the idea that they had massive hitters at the top, they had X-Factor Stokes, they had Ali, Livingston, Curran, 
that that's yielded two sixes against two of the teams they would really be expecting to beat. Something's not quite firing. And we were both, to the best of my memory, fairly safe and secure about David Milan. And we thought that whatever struggles he was having were going to come right in Australia. Pitches were going to be good for him. And gee whiz, he's sitting with 53 runs in 67 balls, two two boundaries in 67 balls faced. Strike rate is 79. That's a problem, isn't it? And and it actually, watching him against Ireland, it, it, it reminded me, it reminded me of that thing that happened all that time ago, which was Aaron Finch batting for Australia like 24 hours earlier, where it was hard to watch his lack of timing and he was annoyed at himself and grimacing every time he couldn't play the shot he wanted to play. And Australia rode that and got through it the second time. But watching Milan felt like it felt like maybe that isn't going to come good actually in this series. And whether that's mm. whether it, if you, you, you said well, can, Milan, can Milan and Stokes play together, I don't think they're going to drop Stokes. So that invites another question. Well, I don't think they can afford to drop Stokes because of the way they they worked out their bowling plans. Um, so they really want Stokes either to bowl one or two overs if they can get away with it in the power play uh, and not bowl so much bowling. Uh, yes, and Livingston's come good for them with the bowling as well. So it it works for them ideally. Whereas Milan, and it's and it's hard. It was painful to watch actually. It was painful to watch in both matches, and it also makes less sense because I, I think you know, Dan Weston said it's. It's not the most profound thought, but he's right. If you if you go in with a batting heavy side, and England have got Chris Wokes at number nine, now, let me be really clear. I mean, Chris Wokes will be the best number nine in this tournament. He's a he came out the other day against Australia, hit a couple of vital sixes right at the back end of an innings that took the uh, took the total beyond reach. Um, he's that kind of a player. If you've got if you're batting down to number nine, you don't need two anchors. And people, if they don't realise that Ben Stokes is an anchor, then they haven't watched him play T20 cricket. So if you're two anchors, you've got two anchors to start with. It's one of the reasons Joe Root isn't in the team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, precisely. You know? yeah. <laughs> Joe Root is not there because they don't want two anchors and they decided that they'd rather have Milan have the left-handed option. You're sailing, very, you're sailing very, very close to the wind every time you say two anchors, by the way. It's, it could, it could I, almost... I know. It could almost be the subtitle of this po- of this podcast, couldn't it? <laughs> England on ninety nine point nine four with two anchors. <laughs> two anchors. Yeah. Well, it's, it's certainly the title of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but but listen, yeah, listen. This this all comes back to the fact that they haven't actually worked out their relationship with Stokes, the T Twenty player. They. He's um. I don't know. He's a he's a a, a figment of their imagination at this point. Like. He hasn't been in the team. He hasn't performed this role. They knew they had to sub him in. They got the balling by design or by fluke, bang on. And they've found his job and they've found his way into the game. Having him at four with Milan at three, it feels like they've done the opposite. They've, they've plugged him into the team and they've kind of brought the wrong adapter, haven't they? It feels like that. And also, advancing Harry Brook to five ahead of Livingston and Murray and Alley, both of whom are guys, and especially in that Ireland game. I know I keep going on about it, but rain was in the air. You know, people who were in the game were tweeting, George DeBell, who's a, a natural catastrophist, was tweeting at the end <laughs> of the eighth over, 
They've got to get on with it. Rain, rain's about to happen. They're too far behind Duckworth Lewis. I mean, it lasted until the, what was it, uh, 12th or 13th. Over. Yeah. But Moeen had got them almost to the point. I mean, yeah, all, yeah. Literally, one, one ball. two balls later, one ball, one ball they probably have then tied, potentially tied. Yeah. Two balls, they might have won the game. So it was really strange that you've got this guy, Livingston, that you're desperate to bring into the side. who has got no proven fitness. But the moment he's fit, he's in, despite all the players England have used in Pakistan and in the warm-ups against Australia. And you've got Moeen Ali, who you're not bowling, incidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah at all. So Nowhere near. You're, you're trying to find a way of getting Livingston to bowl. So you've got him in there as a specialist number seven and fielder. Now, when, when you've got to get ahead of Duckworth Lewis because you've lost some early wickets, Surely the guy who can smash it to, to the boundary is a bloke you want to get in. And that's listen, not hindsight talking. So, so listen, the big question, if England, if things don't go well, uh, and if they, you know, if they crash out with Australia, the question will be, what would Owen Morgan have done differently? How would he have, you know, he's the guy who had the big picture and the calmness and the external helicopter view of things. I don't know. It's not really, really obvious, but it is obvious that England, in this run of couple of games and, and a couple of different decisions, lack a bit of clarity. That I think is obvious. A bit of role clarity, and actually, that's become the new buzzword and the new sort of de facto thing that just falls off your tongue. Is role clarity? It's all about role clarity. I don't think England have much of that at all, do you? I th- well, I think it's been affected actually by by uh, Topley coming in and Stokes uh, Topley going out and Stokes coming in. Yeah, uh, we are going to discuss that more because we're going to take a short break and we're going to try to work out how they can find that role clarity and if they're going to make any changes. If you love the language of cricket. And one more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So... Welcome back. England stand on the precipice of disaster. Or is that a massive overstatement? It almost certainly is, isn't it? Uh, New Zealand dropped a point today by not being able to play their game against Afghanistan. Australia lost against New Zealand by a gigantic margin. England have beaten Australia a couple of times and uh, were far better than them in the washed-out game. They would feel that they were favourites to beat Australia. We'll put them in an, they're in an awkward position because... There's every chance that they'll need to win every other game. But you'd never know. If Ireland can pull off a surprise like that against England, they could do it against New Zealand. They could do it against Australia. And let's not forget Sri Lanka, although it's easy to forget them because they played a really terrible game of cricket the other day. <laughs> but <laughs> what do England do? Or do they do nothing at all? Do they stick with exactly the same team? Essentially, Rory, what happened was that England looked like they had a team that they knew but we're waiting for Liam Livingston to come in and we didn't know who was going to drop out. When Rhys Stopley went, they went, oh, well, we'll just bring in Liam Livingston, which in fact completely changes the way they play cricket. You've mentioned Wood and Wokes playing so many games close together. They've got to play against Australia within 48 hours of playing their last game. The change options 
our Chris Jordan comes in and you take out what? An anchor? Possibly, because what you're looking at is a death bowler. So you can bowl somebody else more in the power play or or is Jordan bowling in the power play a little bit more? What they're, what they're lacking with Topley is somebody bowls at the beginning of the innings and the end of the innings. How do you solve that conundrum? Do you bother solving it or do you just say, guys, let's go again, but let's actually, as you said, get some clarity, not just about our roles, but in, in how we play the game situations. It's, there's, there's actually loads of ways they could go about this, isn't it? And it, and it depends really how, uh, and, and we don't know, we haven't really tested the butler Mott uh, axis in this sort of pressure moment, have we? We don't know how they react under real pressure. Because the one thing is to go, this is our best team and our best setup. So we stick to it or we stick as close to it as we can. And by that, I mean, you take player X out and you find his closest alternative and you pick the alternative. Or you say, right, the game's on here. Like the thing's on the line. We we be a bit brave and a bit bold and we flip it. And there's a few ways they can flip it. Um, because they could. Could, could they? I don't know. <laughs> Ask Ben Stokes to open. Could they do that? Ooh. To, uh, Ooh. And, and and you're, so you're, so you're, you're dropping hails, are you? Well, I, yeah, I'm kind of keen to. <laughs> yeah, you are, aren't you? You're dropping hails. You're keeping. You're keeping Milano. You've had a, a right old go at the first two parts. Yeah, yeah, but if, if, we, if we balance up, if we balance up at all, I'm... and you're bringing who are you? Who are you bringing in? Are you bringing Jordan in? Or well, Tim I think Arnold, I need to. I think I need bringing... to bring Jordan in. Yeah, I think I need to bring Jordan right. in to be to be a bit more certain about the death. Because actually, looking at the two games, Stokes has mm. bowled the twentieth, hasn't he? I think. Curran's bowled the twentieth, and I think against in this island game, Livingston bowled the eighteenth. That wasn't part of the plan. They weren't they weren't expecting to bowl Liam Livingston the eighteenth over, and they will not be expecting to do that against Australia. So, don't know. I think they might need another option. And 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 does it? I mean, this is a bit pie in the sky, and it could be that Mott and Butler aren't even remotely tempted. But does moving Stokes to open where he has done it for Rajasthan Royals? Uh, does it completely settle in his mind what he's doing? Because I don't think they're taking him out of the team. We know that. Four is looking like a push at the moment and he's not finding his numbers or his rhythm or his groove. In just fairness, put him at the, just fairness, put him at the top, say, you know exactly what you're doing now. You, you, you're swinging. You, you know how to swing. We've seen you do it all oh, summer. Yeah. You see, in fairness, I, I don't know whether that's the right move for the reasons that I don't think Stokes is a brilliant starter. And I thought his innings was going okay under the circumstances. A couple of wickets had just been lost. Duckworth Lewis would suggest you can't lose another one. Played out a decent over against Barry McCarthy, was moving things along. And then out of nowhere, Fionn Hand bowled his first ball of this World Cup was one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life. And the second ball he bowled was an absolute, and I use this word advisedly because I hate it, but it's true, a seed, a pure, <laughs> an absolute, and total and utter seed. I mean, it, it was a it was a gorgeous ball. So... Doom seed. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and listen. So the other op- so the other option is, and this is why they've got to decide wh- where they stand and how much of a gamble they're going to take. The other option, I think, you're nudging towards, is take Milan out of the picture, 
shove Stokes to three and then you've got more freedom for your hitters. You've got more breathing space for your hitters at four, five, six. That is where I would go and that's how I would, because I also want to fit Jordan in, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's So I can see that. The problem is, but I, I, I sat, I'd say this is a problem, it was a lovely problem to have. I sat in a bar in Darling Harbour with Henry Moran and Alex Hardley and Georgie Boyce and we were asking uh, every over, who bowls now? Who bowls now? Who, and as as the power play was getting smashed, you know, this wasn't a question that you really need to ask when Reece Topley was in the team. But there isn't Reece Topley in the team. So everybody seemed like not quite the right option until Liam Livingston and Adil Rashid obviously do, does his thing after the power play. And until, that, until Liam Livingston bowled so well, you didn't really know how they were going to get out of that game. And actually getting Ireland out for 158 after the start that they had showed that there's there's a lot to there's a lot going right in this England team. The fact that they only lost a game that where they were completely outthought and outplayed by five runs tells you that there's plenty, plenty of stuff that works there. I I genuinely think that it's that what's happened is they've come down to playing Afghanistan and Ireland, and I don't think England play well against those kind of sides. They think about other things like net run rate. They think about things like, you know, they don't know the players quite as well. They think that they can muscle sides out and they can beat them with sort of superior alpha maleness. And when they play against Australia and New Zealand, it'll be a different matter because they will know exactly what they're dealing with and their minds will be a bit more focused, in which case yeah. I think they'll end up going with the same side. Yeah, I I think, you right, bang on right about and I don't know what the result will be. I don't know if England will beat Australia. I think I do know England will be more comfortable playing Australia. They understand the game. They know what the the matchup means to them and and what it requires of them. And they can't always do it, but they know what it's going to be about. And that, that seems like they'll be on safer footing. The Milan thing, it today felt like an innings where he might have planted a question against his own name that they weren't expecting to be answering. He was, it was an extended enough period of, of difficulty. And I say the fact that he's faced what 60, I say 67 balls and hit two fours in the tournament that invites a, a change of plan. And he, he does look, he does look a little vulnerable. Now me and you both thought he would fly to some extent on these pitches and, and perform a very valuable role. He doesn't seem to. So Australia and England both have a player in their top three who is chewing up balls, looking unhappy with his lot in life and and, and with whom there are question marks over. Australia aren't going to drop theirs because he's the captain. Will England drop theirs and will that buy them a, an advantage? That is a beautiful way to end the programme. It's, it's a great question. I feel I know what I think will happen, but I'm not going to ruin it for everybody. Let's wait and find out. That's the beautiful thing about sport. On Friday, that question will be answered. England will play against Australia and if they lose, they will be hanging by a thread requiring all sorts of results to go their way 
and there's and very we'll little be, guarantee we'll that they will. We'll all be getting our calculators out, and the net run rate will probably. And actually, you may as well do that thing when you're in school and you type out on your calculator and it says boobies, you know, like because that's going to be England's prospects yeah. of getting through. If they lose, I reckon you may as well get your calculator and put boobies in it. That's that's uh, why, why why not? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's as it's as good a plan as any. Um, w- one last observation because I'm at the tournament is it's extraordinary how little traction there is here. The people who are turning up to the games are all fans of the countries that are playing, except Australia. Uh, when Australia play, there aren't very many people there. When India and Pakistan are there, there are quite a lot. When England played against Ireland, there wasn't a big crowd at all because there aren't that many English and Irish people there, but the people who were there were English and Irish. I was in a bar last night watching Australia play their match against Sri Lanka. And it's a sports bar, right? And they didn't have it on. They had American football on, on about 25 different screens. Had to ask for it. They didn't know where it was on. We found it on Channel 9. And then five people huddled around the two t- TVs that were on. And all five of us were English, watching Australia against Sri Lanka. I have got so an answer for you. Don't play it in October? I've got a better answer for you than that. <laughs> yeah? Do you think T20 is a little bit long? Do you reckon 100 is a, is a round number that they should... <laughs> Clearly, the lesson Maybe is the, that <laughs> Australia the ECB needs to might embrace make, the hundred. The ECB <laughs> might make those billions of pounds after all there by selling go. the format. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? It's, it's proof positive. But what, but what Sanjay, I do know Sanjay is Patel it, wants, the, wants the footage from that sports bar right now. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot wait for the World 100 Cup. It's a bit of a mouthful in Love about it. eight years' time. <laughs> uh, yeah, but really it's but really it's extraordinary and it, yeah, it's, no, and it's really bad. I mean I say disappointing I mean there's a whole congruence of events that have happened here we're in Australia they're coming out of footy season it's cold for the most part it's quite yeah. damp Aaron Finch um, is batting so a lot so going to be affected Aaron Finch is batting a lot <laughs> and uh, yeah and so it ain't it ain't really happening at the moment let's hope let's hope that Australia do well and India do well and then cricket is revived and Everyone else will become sacrificial lambs. And New Zealand will lose a uh, really unfortunate semi-final in order to make cricket work again. Uh, But it's time for us to say goodbye. We'll be back straight after, as soon as we can, after England play their next game against Australia. Will it be a doom and gloom? Will it be sadness and despair? Will it be excitement and laughter at Australia's prospects? Because if they lose, of course, they'll have lost two matches, which is what we're talking about with England. For now, at least thanks for listening to England Cricket on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please do rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Norcross Cricket and in Rory's case at The RVD. Stay away from those boundary sponges, everyone. Do right. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media. Follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day your way subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on twitter at norcross cricket and in rory's case at the rvd stay away from those boundary sponges everyone do right never miss out join our 24 7 conversation on social media follow us at 9994dm cricket every day your way sports stars They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. 
Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.